Becoming Conscious by Mark Nepo. I can only speak of my personal journey. I have chanced into wakefulness, more like someone lost coming upon an unimagined vista than through any kind of achievement. Struggling to understand, my mind has been illumined from within, while experience has worn holes in the walls of my ignorance and worn enough from within and without, the light of all that is has flooded me. At first I rushed to bring loved ones along, but they found me too intense and strange. Then I meant to forego the world and leap arms open into the field of unknowing, only to land here in the unwavering joy of drifting together through the days. Each time we wake, we become more anonymous. Becoming conscious is shedding what everyone has told you and whispering to the stars what the water coming into spring has learned by being ice. I spoke to a friend yesterday who does energy work and intuitive work. And she affirmed for me what I knew so very much in my heart, and that is that I am utterly in a cocoon. I am unable to see past the tip of my nose. So much has changed, and... There's so much process at work inside of me that I just don't know anything. And somehow it feels okay. It feels like I am in a cocoon of transformation, womb-like, fetal-like, in an absolute place of restructure. And what she affirmed for me above all else is that that is true for all of us right now. That we are in a time of such epic shifting, such epic change, that none of us know anything. And that is as it should be. To hear this from somebody else, to have it acknowledged for me, was liberating, soothing, and empowering. To know that I could nestle back into the cocoon and do the work I need to do. You know, I used to spend my time in a perpetual state of planning. I called it ambition. I have an entrepreneurial mind. But I, all of that can sound very positive and can be very positive. And the shadow side of that is that in truth, 
my constantly looking for growth and change came from the belief that I am not enough. My constant desire to renovate my interior and exterior assumes in the renovation that something isn't working right, that there is something better I could be doing or being other than myself. And so in this time where we have all been put in sanctuary, I have the privilege of being thrust, as so many of us have, into a place of mindful reflection, like a university of self. I used to carry a lot of stress around money my rent where I had the yoga studio was a lot of money. And so that was one of my big drivers. And so now that that's gone, I don't have an abundance flowing, but I really have enough. And I feel like it's enough. And I know that when I'm out of this cocoon, I will find other ways of growing and creating stability. But for this time in the cocoon, I have enough. And that is enough. My friend said, it's like the baby bird who's chirping in the nest worried that the mum isn't coming back with food, but the baby bird isn't even hungry. It's the habit of chirping for fear that nourishment is not coming, that what is actually coming is destitution, struggle, difficulty. But who am I if I am not worry? Who am I if I'm not running? Last autumn, I said to someone that I felt like I had fallen water skiing and forgotten to let go of the rope. Basically, I was saying that I was waterboarding myself every day through work. I love my work. I am one of the people, one of the fortunate ones, that has found a line of work that utterly feeds my soul, that reminds me every day of who I am, of what I am capable of. And, and it, every day, 
I have some experience of the deepest love, be it from a client or from my own spirit or for my own body. I have an experience every day of the deepest kind of love. So to turn my work into waterboarding, to turn it into some place where I could not actually have sanity, was an injustice to say the least. And the truth is that, and what I'm coming to see in my cocoon, and what we're all coming to see through this global upheaval is that all of that food that we thought was nourishment was actually illusion, toxic, or if not toxic, at least empty calories that just led us to want more and more and more. It just never filled us up. And so now the brave warriors say, what is right action? The bravest say, no, that is not living. But then what? And that's what we don't know. That is beyond the tip of my nose. That is still gestating under the soil. It's not even out of the husk yet. I read a book a while ago. It was just a light mystery book, but there was this one part where this woman had found duck eggs and she decided to bring them home and help them to hatch and so created a warm spot for them and one of the ducklings was able to break through the shell and hatch and the other one really struggled to break through the shell and so this woman of kind heart helped to break the shell but what she realized is that it is the breaking of the shell that strengthens the duckling, that fortifies that, that duckling, that child, to be able to live. And so the duckling didn't last very many days, didn't survive. And she said, I killed it with kindness. If we, if we try to shine a light beyond the tip of our nose right now, if we try to decide what structures will replace the ones that are falling, they will fall too. And so maybe we'll do that, like a, a rebound relationship. Maybe we will create some structures as a knee-jerk response knowing that they won't last. 
I always find that when I move to a new place that I make friendships when I first arrive, but they don't last. They're wonderful for getting me entrenched in that place to sink my roots down. But then we run out of things in common and we find our people other than each other. And so maybe that will happen. Maybe we'll rise and fall and rise and fall until we truly rise. So I guess for me, the reason I sat down to say this today is to remind myself, and maybe you will feel this too, that process is okay. First of all, to not know is okay. We walk into a darkened room and we can't see anything, right? But if we wait and let our eyes adjust, we will begin to see shapes. We'll begin to see a safe passage through that room. But if we don't wait for our eyes to adjust, we will get deeply bruised and hurt. You probably know this, but I work a lot with fascia because I find it bottomless in its interest. Fascia is cobweb structure and how many things in our world, our cobweb structure, are woven together. And it's so strong and it's the place where we hold our spidey senses. And so things have become less and less secure in the world and going out into a grocery store or anywhere suddenly has all these other dangers. Maybe not suddenly. Maybe that's a lie too. We've been building up toward this. Anyway, there are now hidden dangers, hidden threats. And so we armor We might armor through face masks. We might armor through gloves. We might armor through hate. But where we really armor is through our fascia. We thicken. We embalm. We mummify thinking that somehow the closing off will protect us. I've been wondering why I'm waking up so stiff and sore in weirdly unfamiliar places, and I realize because I'm hard at work inside. And my tissue is responding. 
my tissue is responding to the instability that I am creating from within and the world is creating from without. And then I think about this idea of being in a cocoon. And I think, well, isn't that actually fascia, woven fabric that is enveloping me? But maybe it means I don't have to envelop me. I don't have to armor or swallow myself whole. I can just be safe in the weave until I'm ready to use my beak to slowly work my way out of it. Until I want to see further than the tip of my nose. When somebody asks me, can you do this? Can you do that? A week from now or a month from now, I just want to say to them, please just wait. I'm coming, I promise. You know, I found this book that I had in childhood. I came across this whole box of books. I don't know where this book had been or this box had been, but the book was called Hurry Up Slowpoke, and I had forgotten all about it. And so in my family, when when we were kids, I always wanted to dawdle in the walks. I just, I don't know, I don't really remember why, but I think that I just liked looking at things. I was a pretty spirited kid in that I had a really vivid imagination and there was always a picture going on in my head. There's always a story going on. I don't know, maybe that's why I walked slowly because I wanted to play that story out or make a new one up about a daisy or a dandelion that I was passing. I feel that slowpokeness coming back. My family would say, hurry up, slowpoke. Always lovingly, it wasn't cruel. And I feel like saying to everybody, I just need to be a slowpoke for a while. I need to stop. Breathe. And I promise I'll come out again. I love showing up the way that I am right now and there will be more later but don't peck my shell for me let me do it in my own time and I'm going to let you do it in your own time because I hope that you are deeply deeply in process right now Well, I know you are, but I hope you're aware that you are. This is a golden, golden moment, cloaked as danger and chaos. It's just dressing. We need to go into the cocoon to emerge as the magnificent creatures we are designed to be. The mama bird is coming, I promise. 
But when she brings that food, it's going to be nourishing for real. It's not going to be empty calories. It's going to be real. My friend yesterday said, there are an abundance of souls in the world right now because this time is so important for humanity. One of the things I think is so brilliant about the virus that's happening right now is it's only affecting human beings. I just think it's so smart. It's not like Mad Max post-nuclear world where we've destroyed the earth. We're only destroying us. And all of our shadows are emerging. Our racism, our judgments, our hate, our fears, our discomfort with the dark spaces inside. And how glorious it is to bring those out into the light, to be seen to be seen for what they are, which is reaction, response, habit, distraction. It's our way of keeping hold of the water ski rope, even though we're drowning in our hate. Let go of the rope. And the stillness will feel overwhelming and you'll think, but the boat is leaving. How am I ever going to get home? But I hope that what we come to discover is that we are home. We are home. And when we really discover that, we don't need hate. We don't need it as fuel anymore or protection, reason to get up in the morning. So here we are. Did you know? as a last big note that you are allowed to be angry did you know that that is part of the rainbow of emotions a friend of mine who said I just there's no room in the wellness world for anger and I think that anger is really important and I agree with her it's crucial. Get mad at these injustices. Do it. The injustice is here to, to wake you up. But what is right action for you? What do you need? Don't just join the parade. What is right action for you 
that is going to help you to do the transformative work you need to do in the cocoon. To get your beak ready. Your butterfly wings ready. Because that is all that matters right now. No one's counting. Well, maybe someone is, but that's their problem. Who is at the protest? What is your way of navigating this complicated time? Like for me saying, I'm sorry, I just can't see past my nose. I just don't know what I'm going to want a month from now. So please, will you wait for me? Please, will you wait? I know it's going to be worth it for me to wait. And you know, there's something so brilliantly selfish about it. It's so deeply self-focused. Because it has to be. Because myself is my microcosm of the entire cosmos. And if I don't take care of that micro, then the macro gets nothing from me. I have nothing to give the macro if I don't do my micro work. So I show up here. I show up on Zoom in classes, but not nearly as many as I did. And most of all, I show up for me when my little child inside is just screaming, I don't feel safe, I pause. What do you need to hear? And why am I taking this action? Is it because I'm still holding the rope? Did I take hold of it again? Or is it because I really want to do this work? Because it is right for me to grow within. So many questions, so much uncertainty. But like Mark Nepo said, it's the stories that the water is going to tell about having been ice. If you're never aware of the fact that you're ice, what stories will you be able to glean from it? So I want you to know that although the cocoon might seem isolating, we are all joined fascial strand to fascial strand. We are so deeply in this together. Let go of the rope and sink into the cocoon of your rebirth. I am so excited to see you on the other side. I'm so excited by what we are becoming. I wish for you peace, Om Shanti. The light deep within me bows to the light that is so deeply within you.
I see you and I so look forward to seeing you on the other side.